I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello, and welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. And me, Fluff. And today on the show, we shall be taking a look back over 2022. Now, obviously, it was a bit of a spotty year for us. I apologize. Real life got in the way, um, and there have been struggles on all sides this year, unfortunately. So the podcast did indeed slip to the back a little bit. But we are back. It is a new year. We are refreshed. We have a plan, and we are going to damn well stick to it. So before I move on to the admin, I would like to share some some words. Um, apparently, these are credited to Dougie McLean. But I'm not going to do very much of it, because we all know it. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne. And I'm going to stop there, because that's enough. It's about <laughs> 20 minutes long if I keep going, I think. You just keep repeating everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that was go. like Happy yeah. New Year, everyone. Happy New Merry things. Christmas, as late as yeah. it is. But there we go. Let's get all that out of the way. We've said it all to all of you. The admin, you can join the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. You can at us on Twitter at DSM underscore pod. And as always, if you want to go back and look at any of the YouTube stuff we did, it is bit.ly forward slash bite back YT. And the bite is spelled as a computer bite not a food bite so my friend i throw it to you start us off we're going to talk about 2022 do we just crack on from the beginning well i mean this is the thing you know there's uh i i would say certainly for me uh you know of 2022 it was a it was a good year for tv um i don't I... necessarily feel it was a good year for film um that's just me personally. I found more enjoyable shows than I did enjoyable movies. Interesting. Personally, last year. Um, would you? I don't know whether you would agree with that. I, I'm not sure, because I did watch a film last night that I should have watched, and Jesus Christ, it's incredible. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get to the movies. So mm. what I figure is, do you think we could do a top three films and a top three TV shows of the year for us for each? Sure, good, but I mean, yeah, we'll yeah. Have a discussion around and then hone in on on three. But so go on, then you start us off. The, the, the TV shows. What have we watched in twenty twenty two? I've got a list up here, which I will say of um, Empire's uh, twenty best TV shows of the year and their twenty best movies of the year. So I just thought it'd be interesting to look at you know what the big critics are saying and. Uh, what we have and haven't seen of it and i gotta be honest some of the stuff on the uh tv shows list i'm like no i haven't watched that but that sounds like it's right up my street i don't know why i didn't you know me and a good bbc drama apparently there was one with martin freeman in that i missed somehow okay um reviewed called the responder but yeah go on start us off anyway no no i'm just uh i'm in fact just bringing that very list up so that uh so that i can certainly concur uh yeah no okay so there's a, certainly a few well, notable one interesting and I, uh, I'm not sure I would disagree, to be entirely honest. Uh, the the top of uh, the BBC. Oh, this is this is. Oh, is this the the Empire. responder? Is it? 
the Empire. Oh no, my apologies. Sorry, I'm going from I'm going from the opposite direction. My apologies. My apologies. I'm going the opposite direction. Oh yeah, Ember is one hundred percent. Before yeah, as soon as soon as I'm looking at this and I get to the bottom, yeah. So number one, uh, the the show that absolutely captivated me, and I, amongst us in our small social circle, I've I've been mocked several times because I fanboyed over this quite a lot, and uh, they they mocked me because not not all of our of our social circle have necessarily enjoyed this as much as I, but Andor for me was the show of 2022. I entirely Massively. agree. I entirely um, agree. I, I think it's strange that we're going to start off with our top <laughs> pick of the TV, but it, it seems apropos to do so because clearly Empire put it number one on their list. I've heard many other people talk about it in the same terms. It it was an incredible show. And and not... This is the thing I think a lot of people got put off by because they were like, oh, it's Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars fan. Actually, it's the least Star Wars, Star Wars show I've ever watched. And it's all the better for it because it, it 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 takes its time, it builds its characters, you know the 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 sequence of um how can I say it without that the, there's a big a big sequence that we build to towards the back end of the season. I think I know what you'll know what I mean with sort of if I said the word escape. <laughs> when that happens, the emotional impact I felt when they were stood on the edge looking out. And particularly Andy Serkis's character, which we'd known for what three episodes, four episodes, we'd known that character at this point. This is this is where we look at again. We we look at the Star Wars universe, and we've discussed in in good detail several times the lackluster reception of the sequel that was, um, and several several of the projects that kind of came out. But then we've seen that the TV side of star wars has done something that the movie side couldn't um and that's reinvigorate interest for real in star wars and it gave andy circus an opportunity to right a wrong that i felt was done to him which was you know him being cast as snock snook yeah, snook snow however you goddamn pronounce it and uh doing a a, a good cg performance but no payoff there was no real payoff to what they kind of built up with a guy of that caliber. And then to see him as the gritty individual that he is in in Andor is just fantastic. By far the, the best, one of the best guest stars, I think, you know, the, the, the whole series, uh, you know, it, like you say, he was only in it for three, three episodes. Diego Luna has just done a sterling job throughout the entire thing. And I will credit the guy for not being the selfish person of this show is about this is show is Andor this this whole show should be about Andor I should be in every scene I should be central to it yeah yeah that is certainly not the case here and it does give me some some uh, joy that he's actually going in this project and realize that it is an ensemble the, the you know for me the the very end of the whole thing you expect this whole kind of show and spectacle and things like that, and it really doesn't go as I foresaw. No, um, no, it doesn't do a, a third act Marvel. No, thing. You, 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 like I say, I think what it builds to is that sort of, if I just call it the escape part. Mm. That's kind of what it's building to towards mm. the end of the season, and then after that, you know, it's it's sort of wrapping, you know, tying bows on things. 
yeah. to sort of wrap up the rest of it. But uh, I... when when you compare it to some of the other stuff we had, um, oh Christ, what was the, the uh, which which series were the Inquisitors in? Rebels. No. Well. Uh, the, the the live action one, the Inquisitors were in a live action show this year, weren't they? Was it Obi Wan? Yes, they were in Obi Wan. Which again, I, I've not even. So what? Uh, what you know, Obi Wan, yeah. garbage. I I I watched it. Very. It was nothing because it had that yeah. problem of, I, I know where this character has been to come to mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. You've told me that story. Mm-hmm. I know where the character goes in ten years' time onwards. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to know this tiny little bit in the middle mm-hmm. that actually threatens to f- fuck up everything else Correct. that you've laid down yeah. because you're trying to tell a story in the middle of continuity? And there's just no it, need it wasn't it. a story that needed to be told. Absolutely. It wasn't a story that anybody really went, yeah, I'd love to know what happened between there and then. We yeah, know and- what happened between there and then. He watched over Luke. That's, yeah. that's the part. We know he went there. We know that he was still there. We know that Luke knew who he was. So there'd been some interaction. We don't need any more than that. What they gave us made us laugh at Leia. It made us laugh at the stupidity of certain... Were there some nice moments? Of course. Of course there were some nice moments. But it wasn't worth the payoff by any stretch. Whereas this was gave us new characters as well. And one of the one of the things that I raved about, I think, when when I first saw the trailer, and I will certainly rave about now, is the empire, the way that the empire uh, and the imperial officers that make up the empire interact, and how that structure works. Because it's a fascinating aspect to me. It's it's not something that's ever looked into. Of course not. Everybody wants the big spectacle of lightsabers and stuff like that, which is the again the argument that me and our good friend Baggy have had. He wants the lightsabers and he wants, yeah, you know, that's that what kind it is of him, isn't it? Star Wars. He's yeah. Lightsabers and force and stuff. And like you say, and yeah. or I just feel like they deliberately went, no, no, we are telling this story here. Because even here in the back behind the scenes stuff, like Andor used actual sets. Whereas shows like The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, they use the sort of Disney projection screen wall thing that they they have which is you know i think we talked about when mandalorian first came out because it's an incredible piece of technology and it made mandalorian look fantastic for a tv show but when you then watch andor and it it's weird it feels like it was made at the same time as the original trilogy if that makes sense it, yeah the gritty you can touch it's gritty well i mean um, the, having read technology around it you know they yeah. haven't used modern technology on the death stars like you say have... when you see all the uh, imperials sat around their desks yeah have you read exactly the uh, it did have you read the article that I, I don't know whether this is uh, I, I read an article this weekend it, this is so true and i i laugh that it is that the sets for andor were so real they had running water Huh. Wow. Now, do, how how to the to the degree that okay they may have had you know plumbing in a couple of places for specific re- whatever, but the idea that they built a set with the intention of still adding a bit of plumbing. I mean, for all we know, once the sets are done, they're like, well, they're buildings that we've built and we we've used them. We'll turn them into God only knows what. But that kind of idea that you have the realism of running water in a building. You're going to have to make it out of real things. It's going to look gritty. It's going to look real. That's how the sets felt. Um, And that's how the characters felt. That's how the actors felt. Um, 
Miro, Deidre Miro, I think was absolutely one of the sensations of the series. She was so good as an Imperial officer that you just don't kind of get. You've got Mon Mothma, who again seems to be compromising her own sensibilities for the rebellion. You've got Stellan Skarsgård. We don't know so much about him, but he's such a fascinating character. And I think I said to you, the moment where he switches from these two characters within himself. He's this sort of highfalutin thing. And he just, in the doorway, the camera's moving away from him. Does a little flourish with his hands. Flourish with his hands, exactly. And it's like, oh my God, you're fucking incredible. I know that you've become a different person now. Yeah. Just by your facial expressions and a little bit. And again, that's... That was like you say. That was some of the beauty of it. I mean, Andy Serkis. It, 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 how can they cover his face? His face it, it does so much work in this film. Mm-hmm. I say the, the, uh, sorry, in the series, the, yeah. the realization from that character of the situation that he's actually in, because uh, he thinks he's in one situation, and then it becomes apparent actually he's not. He's been tricked, and he just wasn't willing to believe it. That, that when that dawns on him. There's no words. It's just a static shot on his face. And it makes such a difference. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've certainly agreed, I think, on, on the series for each of us for, for the best. Uh, yeah, again, again, don't want to I don't want to rave too much about Andor. Go watch it yourselves. Make your own uh, decisions. I am very much looking forward to a year without Andor. Uh, because as I understand it, it won't be out until next year. So I think it's good. A, a very long pause between that, I think, is is going to be good. I don't want it, uh, you know, to burn out too quickly. So I think that's good because this year we have Ahsoka and we have the return of Mandalorian. So that's our Star Wars fix this year. So Book of Boba Fett, did that start December 21 and go into 22? Or was it a 22 series? It... It started here. Yeah, it was a twenty-two series. I'm sure. Mm. It, yeah, it was a twenty-two series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It yeah. wasn't very good until it became the Mandalorian two and a half. I halfway through it. I thought. I. I mean, again, uh, th- this is me. Well, you know, um, I enjoyed it. I still enjoyed Book of Boba Fett more than I did uh, Obi Wan from this year. Yes. Oh yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I just think the beginning of Book of Boba Fett, its storytelling was so bad. Because it had to tell these different parts of his story at the same time. Because it had to uh, yeah. back and explain how he got out of the Sarlacc mm-hmm. pit up to the point where we saw him in the Mandalorian. Then it had to skip the part that we'd seen in the Mandalorian and show us the bit of him post Mandalorian. Yeah, I understand. Forwards, you know what Maybe I mean? Probably, yeah. Jumping around from so many different places, and again, if you look at Andor as a series, some of the stuff in particularly the first three episodes where we're flashing back to his past, they inform the future tense. And that's that's cracking writing, you know, something that we're seeing as a flashback is influencing or running parallel to what we're seeing in the present day. Whereas with Book of Boba Fett, they very rarely, the, the, the stuff we were looking at in the past didn't really play with the stuff that we were looking at in the present day. It was just, oh no, we need to tell you this bit so that you're up to date. And it, they didn't manage to make a parallel story to go alongside it. So there we go. So that was my top, although it may have been your top as well. What 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 other series for was something you came out of twenty twenty two enjoying? 
my second one, I think, I'm, I'm just looking through the Empire list to make sure I haven't missed anything, but I don't think I have. Um, I think. I mean, second... it doesn't even have to be on the list. My, no, no, my, no, mine certainly aren't all on this list. No, I've got a couple that aren't. I, I think Stranger Things series four would probably be my second because. Like right now, I look back to it and I think, yeah, it was a good series. But I, I, at the time, I was gripped, man. I was absolutely gripped. And considering the episodes were hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes long, up to two and a bit hours long for some of them, uh, it, it shocked me. It really surprised me. I expected it was going to drag. I wasn't going to enjoy it. I, I freaking loved it. I thought it was incredible. Um. So yeah, that that would probably be my number two, actually, the Stranger Things season four. I think we're we're pushing it now with Stranger Things. I hope they only do like one more season because the kids are getting far too old for me to believe they're still young enough to be in school. As I understand, I think you've only got one more season left. I don't. Again, I, you know, I bailed on that a little while back for the reasons we've discussed. Um, I know everybody has, you know, come out of this thing singing that goddamn Kate Bush song for, for ages, which again, uh, again, our good friend Baggy, just FYI, has been listening to and, and talking and raving about that song for, for many, 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 many years. And uh, now everybody, you know, it, it seems like he's jumped on the bandwagon. I think everybody's jumped on his bandwagon personally, but still. Unpopular opinion, I prefer the placebo <laughs> cover. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would probably be my number two. Okay. Uh, well, before we, uh, you know, I, I'm going to throw a quick, quick couple of special mentions um, for ones um, b before I get down to the other two. Yeah, because it's it's uh, the, the, uh, like I say, I've watched as usual. I probably watched a significant greater amount of TV than yourself. Yeah, um, we used to do that. You seem to go down the movies. I uh, seem to hit the TVs a bit more. Um, well, freedom, cool. freedom of time certainly is is in my in my corner there. Um, so the notables for this year. Now, again, the, these a couple of these are actually on the the Empire list. So anybody wants to go and give that a viewing. Uh, the Bear, uh, which was recommended to me by our good friend Jordan. Uh, funnily enough, a former chef himself. <laughs> and uh, this is, yeah, this is a show I do think you should give give a, a viewing to. Um, I've heard good uh, things about it. I have. Yeah, it's it's basically a guy who was, you know, a fine, fine chef in a fine restaurant, under a lot of pressure. Uh, who basically returns to a shitty, rundown family beef restaurant um, with these very eccentric, you know, workers, and he's just kind of picking up the fact that his brother killed himself, and he's got to take on the debt of this restaurant. From going from a five-star restaurant to literally like a half-star dive, it's it's quite a a culture shock for this guy. And just yeah, just the interactions between the various cast is is quite interesting, and everything that goes on. And it makes me give even more respect to our good friend Jordan um, for all the shit he used to deal with in kitchens. Like I don't. You know, I know that he was, uh, you know, he, he's a hard worker. But watching this, I'm like, yeah, he's on top of his game. So, yeah, I gives me a little bit more respect for a good Fred Jordan and anybody who's a chef. Um, I always say, never fuck with the people that give you your you food. Like, it's, uh, yeah, like, I, I've been out with too many people that do that. And I'm like, rather you than me. 
Um, another series which, again, uh, on the list, I saw The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. I haven't seen that yet. I so want to watch that. Yeah. Um, now, I, I didn't know until afterwards uh, that it's actually based on a novel. Um, and it's about an elder guy who, you know, is a former operative of an agency. And yeah, he's it is in his latter days. Now, this is a Jeff Bridges who not only battled COVID, but also battled cancer during the making of this. And I'm like, uh, he is the dude of the Big Lebowski. He is uh, so many different characters of so many different films, but he is just the quintessential fantastic actor for this. Because you're just, again, you get a serious gritty sense. He, you know, he's beating the shit out of somebody, or he's having the shit beaten out of him, and it's so gritty. It's so it's such a fantastic performance. Um, and John Lithgow in there as well as another operative. Again, the two bounce off of each other at point, and it's fantastic. Just the interactions between these two really old school American actors is just fantastic. Um, and Alia Shawcat who you remember from Arrested Development and several other things, again, gives a different thing. I've seen him mostly kind of do comedy. To see her do a bit more of a, a dramatic role was really fresh and I really enjoyed it. So again, that's another one I'm recommending. Um, and then there was uh, one of the series I'm trying to find the, on the listing now, which is not going to happen, I'm sure. Um no, not finding it. Never mind. Uh, so, uh, the oh no, sorry. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll discuss this in further detail. Uh, as we've 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 said between us, we're going to do a Marvel, uh, a Marvel catch up at some point soon. Uh, so my, the other one from last year, the the one that shone for me in terms of the Marvel series, uh, was Ms. Marvel, which, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I we'll talk about it in a lot more detail. But uh, for those for those that may have given that a bit of a miss thinking you know uh teenage marvel character is that going to be for me uh, enjoy it i yeah. i sure sure as shit did really really good yeah. I've, I've read this morning actually that uh ms marvel was the top rated uh superhero tv show of the year according to rotten tomatoes there you go that's unsurprising uh because yeah it's it's the one that i probably would say i mean obviously we have peacemaker again gritty uh, etc. But we've kind of we talked about that last year, so I don't need to talk about that too much more. Was that this year? That was, was twenty two. That was that oh, was ja- that was like January twenty two. I'm pretty oh, sure that slipped past me because that was yeah. Well, I think it's was it, it. I think it started maybe end of twenty one or just really early in twenty two. But yeah, mm. so there you go, Peacemaker as well. Uh, but yeah, so we'll go to my number two, which again, uh, perhaps for you might be. Not, not a massive surprise. Lord, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Rings of Power. Yeah, that's just, that. That that was that's in contention for my three. Yeah. Um. So that I really enjoyed. Was it was, it was it was it was a bit of a question mark. I think for quite a number of people that yep. were unsure whether Amazon, who ponied up quite a substantial amount of money for the rights to do the series, uh, whether they would do it justice and. It's had it certainly had its detractors. It certainly had its vicious online trolls not liking the idea of a black fucking dwarf or a black fucking this, that, or the other. Because you know there yeah. are a bunch. Of... Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't need to go there. But uh... 
them to be fucking racist, it appears. Yeah. Whether it's yeah, apparently or, you can you can believe in orcs. How many Gout racist goblins. bullshit yeah. crap have we had this year? Because again, Obi Wan, the um, oh, I forget the actress's name who played the Inquisitor, one of the Inquisitors. Oh yeah, um, forget her name, but she 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 got a lot of hate, line, didn't she? Because she yeah. was a, what she's a black female playing an unlikable role. I just deal with it, you fucking idiots. She's she's an actress. Yeah, um, she and really it. Is. In a like you say, in a fantasy world where there's go- uh, goblins, orcs. Uh, elves dragons magical rings this that and the other you can't believe that somebody can be of a different i'm not even going there because that is just pathetic well, i suppose bullshit. their argument would be oh well tolkien never wrote that the, the dwarfs were black yeah because tolkien was a fucking racist because he lived at a time of massive racism so not, of it's uh black people in there you idiots yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I, I don't even have the energy to debate people like that because they're not oh, yeah, worthy. You can't debate people like that. There's, there's no. But they're not. They're not worthy of the debate. So their truth. Um, but yeah. So the Rings of Power, which again, it it was as soon as soon as I saw the teaser trailer, I was a bit like, hmm. um, I was a bit unsure. And I won't go and say that all the performances of all the actors is fantastic because I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I no, do I feel mean, that the majority of the performances of the majority of the actors are well, very enjoyable. Clark's just she's fantastic, I think, as as um, Galadriel. Um, she's brilliant. Um, Elrond and uh, Elrond. Durin, the bromance yes. between those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Give me a series on that, and I would be <laughs> down. Uh, because the two of them were so fucking enjoyable together. Um, again, even the the little characters, the small characters, um, less so about the elf and the human woman and uh, you know her son. It couldn't it? It pushes the story, and there are certain reasons why certain parts of the story do go in the directions that they do. There's misleads, there's misdirection, which again is all part of the fun uh, of going on this story. Everybody's already hating it because apparently this won't agree with this timeline and this won't agree with this. But, you know, you're being given a 10, 12 part series where they've ponied up a lot of money for a lot of spectacle. And I think we can all agree the visuals of it are some of the best to come out of any film or TV series of last year. Yeah. Because Amazon ponied up for that shit. I think I remember what what it felt to me watching the show was I actually felt like I was in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings world watching Rings of Power. I felt like it's they existed in yeah. the same world, yeah. if you get what I mean, like the way it looks, the way it felt, yeah. the way the acting was done. However, if I went and watched Hobbit, I don't feel like Hobbit takes place in the same universe as Lord of the Rings, even though it does, you know, because it doesn't feel the same it's not got the same quite the same look and feel as lord of the rings did yeah i mean got, as, as we when we discussed lord of the rings i, yeah. I said dirt under the fingernails mm-hmm. i don't feel like hobbit has dirt under its fingernails yeah again i think one of the things that he had recognized um and i know that he'd gone back and done the master you know version of hobbit lord of the rings where it was the uh overall you know, quality of filming and the quality of color that wasn't consistent throughout the films, which he felt should be. So I know that's something that he went back and redid. And I'd love to actually go back and rewatch all of the Hobbits, then all of the Lord of the Rings in that quality to get 
his idea of that sense. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd agree. They, they've certainly taken the interpretations and all of the visuals that Peter Jackson did and certainly taken liberties on that. We know that there's no serious collaboration between the two. I, I've read that in the past. They, you know, haven't necessarily approached him about that kind of stuff. And I think it's good that they necessarily haven't because you do kind of want to keep it separate. Um, you know, because if it becomes too much, then it is Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, where this is a separate property, and I'm understanding no, absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Okay. See, there you go. That was uh, number two for me. Okay. Now, I can't decide whether Rings of Power would be my number three or whether it's two of the others that I've got. So, you know what? They're all joint third place. Um. So, Slow Horses is one that I'm only through the first series. Both There's two series been released this year, but I've only finished the first series thus far. But that is an incredible show. I love it. Gary Oldman is brilliant. Mm. Yeah, he's... Uh, I, I remember from, the first, from watching the first episode, he's so venomous uh, he, uh, yeah, yeah, at he's, times. He's farting, swearing, non-PC arsehole, yep. basically. Um, he does a, a big speech at one point in one of the episodes where he basically says, you lot are all useless, and I hope I never see you again. And they, as they're walking away, one of them goes to him, oh, is that like a motivational speech to make them, you know, buckle down and fight back against you? And he was like, no, no, I meant every fucking word of it. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's, it's, it's oddly enough, I would imagine some people will probably see, see a little bit of me in there. Um in say 10, 10, 20 years time where I'm just berating people that I work with because yeah, that, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I won't say too much more of that because I haven't watched the second series and apparently that's very good too. So I'm going to watch the second series and come back to that one. Um, sure. And then a show I've been watching recently that um, honestly, it I, I'd almost describe it as a guilty pleasure, but I don't like to describe things as guilty pleasures because I don't think you should feel guilty for watching anything. So, I don't like to use that word, but it would be one of those. Um, a series called Tulsa King, which oh, is just yes, finished yeah. in Paramount. Um, Sly Stallone playing an ex-mob capo who comes back to... He, he does 25 years for the family in New York, comes out of prison, and essentially things have changed in the family. So, there is no room for him in New York. So, they go, oh, well, why don't you fuck off to Tulsa? And, and start something up in Tulsa for us and send some money home to us. So they're kind of pushing him off to the side, sort of getting rid of him. Um, so he goes off to Tulsa and just starts being a mobster in Tulsa. But it's it, it's really funny. Like, there are some really, really funny moments in it. It's entertaining. Like, it, it, don't be wrong, parts of it are nonsense. There, there's bits and pieces that happen where you're like, ah, that, that's fucking ridiculous, that'd never happen. But I I just find myself not caring because it's so watchable, and I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, I uh, oddly enough, somebody um, I work with had mentioned the series because um, I think we were talking about and uh, I think oh no, we were talking about uh, Silicon Valley and Martin Starr was in that, and then he said, "Yeah, I'm watching this other series. Martin Starr's in it, and so Starr Stallone and." That's the series I presume he was referring to. Which one's Martin Starr? 
bespectacled guy. Um, I'm trying to think what else he would have been in that you would he's have in, seen. He's, he's, he's in Spider-Man, Spider-Man series. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He, that is brilliant because he goes to Tulsa and he he goes to this uh, medicinal, well, a marijuana dispensary, but it's legal in Oklahoma. And he goes in there and is like, oh, yeah, this is a drug thing. You know, you need me here to protect you from the feds and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, this is all totally legal. It's fine. The feds aren't going to come looking at us. He's like, no, 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 you need me. You need me to watch it. So he starts extorting them for money for protection. But they don't need fucking protection because the whole thing's illegal. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) But he still goes in there because he's you know, 25 years in prison, he doesn't know that shit's changed like that. So it's he's just gone for what he would normally do. Um, so yeah, that, 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 like I say, I, I wouldn't, I'd never say it's, you know, it's not, uh, it, it's not going to win any uh, what are they, Emmys or anything, but god damn, I find it watchable and entertaining. And that's, uh, I think we had this discussion yesterday, uh, you know, I have always get a bit more picky and choosy as I get older uh, with what I want to watch because if I don't think it's going to entertain me I probably won't watch it now yeah. um, no, no, it's fair and and so like you say it's a guilty pleasure uh, of, of watching something like that I understand because it's not necessarily highbrow entertainment but it's entertainment to you and that's all that matters yeah, absolutely man but yeah I think that is probably all I've got on TV series, to be honest, to say. Like I said, well, the stuff this Empire list, but I haven't even nearly seen a lot of it. So, sure. Well, I'm not going to pick something which is uh, which is in the list again. Uh, you know, certain series which are very much enjoyed. Um, but again, I wouldn't say all the way through. Sandman, very much enjoyed the majority of Sandman last year. Uh, but I didn't enjoy it all the way through. I thought the main performance of uh, Tom Sturridge, I think, is is truly fantastic. I know different people don't necessarily agree with that statement, but I thought his performance was fantastic. Same with many of the others. Um, you know, Jenna Coleman uh, as Constantine. Remind, uh, you know, rhymes with wine. It's not Constantine. Uh, <laughs> and all these little things. So yeah, there, there, there were some good moments in that, but as a, as a whole for the series, there were some subpart episodes for me, sadly. Um, which is why it's not going to go to the top. But one, unsurprisingly, having recently uh, discussed my love of these guys, is going to be The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, I'm going to hit an, an animated one for my so top three of last year. Much more about that, because foreshadowing, we may be foreshadowing. doing Foreshadowing. Indeed. But yeah, so uh, Legend of Vox Machina, for those uh, who want to know a little bit about it, to perhaps go and give it a viewing i think we've mentioned it previously before uh animated series which is on uh amazon prime uh, about a group of uh well what do you call them uh a, a group of uh, ragtag misfits probably uh who set in the kind of dungeons and dragons realm of uh you know high fantasy this very odd combination of different characters uh truly just fantastic give it a viewing on amazon prime uh season two begins uh later this month in january so yeah very much is it not on netflix no it is an amazon prime oh apologies i got that wrong i thought that was netflix that's fine i shall add it to my amazon prime queue (laughs) 
yep so uh, yeah as i say second series is coming soon uh but yeah my my love and appreciation of uh, the critical role guys is uh is certainly in full swing these days nice mm, okay well yeah i'm kind of done with tv Not sure no 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 as i say uh you know let us know what was good for you guys what was bad for you guys yeah, um I mean, you know if there's anything i missed because it's always nice you know if somebody you know recommends gem uh you know like i say our good friend george uh had, had recommended uh you know a, a series to me in the, in the bear um didn't didn't I, i'd seen it hadn't thought to watch it he recommended it gave it a view in highly highly enjoyed so yeah yeah i Okay. So, movies then. Oh, actually, no. The uh, I don't think you watched it, but we should probably mention it because I'm. It's on the Empire list. I'm sure people will have watched it. Uh, you, um, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons. I've heard mixed things. Someone, some people say it's very good. Some people said it wasn't. Um, my my interest in that particular franchise waned a very long time ago um uh, again when you decided that you, when you realized that you were never going to get another book uh, well it was possibly halfway through the book the the last book that he did when i got about halfway through it and stopped reading it put it on a bookshelf and went i'm never going to read that and then gave it to a charity shop because it oh, was really? shit oh. i really did not enjoy that book it was boring and that's the thing he spent the better part of a decade still not finishing the book and i don't even think it's the last book of the original game of thrones series and yet he keeps releasing compendiums and this book and this history book and this tv series and that tv series dude finish the original book that you started this tells me that you've run out of ideas to how to finish the book book. (laughs) stop milking this for all it's worth Uh, I'm I'm not interested in it. Personally, not interested in it. I know people are, and I'm sure people are finding enjoyment in it, just as I find enjoyment in Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff and all the other stuff that I do. Game of Thrones is not... You know, again, it's fantasy and all that stuff. Still not bothered. Don't care about the the consistent incestual dragon hunters, lovers, breeders, whatever the fuck they are, not interested. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, okay, I'm just looking at the list of movies and trying to sort out the top three because actually I, I can't decide with some of them. But... Uh, like I say, for for me, uh, again, I'm just yeah, even just looking at you know the the top grossing films of last year, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, looking at the top ten, even the top twenty. I, as I say, it's a disappointing look, if I was being utterly honest. Over the last few years, I know this is based on COVID era stuff as well. So we're also still kind of getting that tail end of hard to film a lot of good films when the whole world's kind of shut down. Maybe. Hmm. I think, so I've got some honourable mentions. Um, I think, I can't remember whether we've discussed, whether I've discussed Prey. On pod. Yeah, I think I think we I did think discuss. We did. Um, so that was the new Predator sort mm-hmm. of prequel. 
which was incredible. A fantastic film, whether you like Prey, uh, the Predator franchise or not. It's totally a shot in the arm to it, totally done a different way. And that would have been my number three uh, last year. Oh, really? Oh, that's mm. good. I, I did get around to watching it again because, you know, it's been a bit of a bit, 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 been a bit of a gap uh, since we have. But yeah, no, as I say, like there wasn't that much that shone out for me. Uh, so when I get a recommendation from you that is quite highly praised, I take that. And uh, so, yeah. So there's that. Um, I can't remember whether I've discussed Fall on the podcast, which was um, a very simple uh, kind of a horror movie, but uh, two girls are climbing nuts and they decide to climb up a a 2000 foot TV tower in America. Again, it's difficult to remember whether we have discussed this or not. I know a conversation, but I'm not sure if it was an on-pod conversation. At some point. But anyway, they they climb up to this tower. Obviously, things go wrong and they end up stuck at the top of this 2,000-foot tower with no phone signal and no way of getting back down. That film, I was gripping my seat with anxiety at parts of that, and I have not felt like that for a long while. And it wasn't the horrific elements of it. It was the way it was shot made me feel physically sick at times because when they're and it's when they're climbing up or when you see a shot downwards from the top of this tower and how fucking high it is and it's oh god I I, I told my dad to watch it and he said I damn near put it off after forty minutes because I couldn't handle it and it, it's just because of the height and and because I'm I'm fairly sure that when they get to the top okay that's probably green screen and shit. But I'm fairly sure they they actually took the cast up this thing as far as they could and then shot, you know, in the real thing so that when you could see the ground 1,500 feet below them, the ground was actually 1,500 feet below them because it was too good to be CGI. Um, But that was very good. Um, I have always been a Jackass fan and Jackass Forever made me wet my pants multiple times throughout its runtime. Uh, I would quite happily watch it again at any time. I loved that film. I well, I, I, I'm i sure I had a conversation with somebody I, I work with who expressed that, I don't know whether it was the first Jackass films or the later Jackass films, but he went to the cinema several times to go and watch it, and I was just utterly baffled that he wanted to go and see the same slapstick kind of film again and again. But again, if that is in your wheelhouse, enjoy it. It, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. You either you you either like it or you don't. I get that, and I'd never you know if someone's not a fan, I'd never try and convert them because you, you like you say it's that's it's it's laughing at morons, <laughs> you know, it's laughing at morons, and I find it so fucking funny. Um, two other honourable mentions I would say are Glass Onion, which is a very new one. Uh, yes. To Knives Out. Yeah. I actually think it's better than Knives Out. Um, and wow, what a film! I That's two. Fantastic. You've just named number two for me. Oh, it's really? Not, yeah, it's uh, it's it, like I say, it's uh, <laughs> for me, it's when I can sit down and I can watch a film, and I find that two two and a half hours has gone by significantly quickly. Um and my enjoyment factor is there. That's the film that, and for me, that was a Christmas Day film. I came home, watched that on Christmas Day, and that was 
two and a two and a bit hours, and I was like, man, it just makes me say what I've said several goddamn times in the past. Our uh, uh, wonderful Dave Batista. Um, I was just about to say, you know what it makes me say? I want I for miles inside Um, apologies, everybody. Uh, but it makes me say once again that Dave Batista is the best wrestler slash actor that has ever has ever come. Don't get me wrong, I love Cena's performance in Peacemaker last year, but I have said so many times in so many performances of Batista's that uh, he is by far the best wrestler slash actor that there has been, and uh, this proved it again in Spades. There's a um, film that I watched with him in, which is about like assassins in a hotel. And he plays like a nurse in it. He plays like a lackey uh, to the person who owns the hotel. Fuck, I can't remember what it's called now. It's a couple of years old, but it, it that was a totally different turn for him. And I was like, oh, well, my God, you've got some range sort of thing. It's um, uh, again, when he was in Blade Runner, he plays a granted he's a big guy that, you know, has a fight with uh, Ryan Gosling, but it's a very sedated performance of this gentle giant kind of a thing. And we've seen him as Drax and yeah, he's got the comedy chops, but he's also got that. Emo he's also got that emotional range. Again, I always take it back to that conversation. He's sitting with Mantis and guardians Two, where they just sat on the steps and he's just reliving that memory of his wife and daughter. And he's almost got tears in his eyes. And I'm like, see, there's an emotion there. Like, so yeah. So I am, uh, I'm happy to see Dave Batista doing yep. so very, not, very well in Hollywood. I'm not a big fan of Ed Norton, so I quite liked that he was the <laughs> he was a dick and I could hate him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like Kate Hudson, I haven't seen her in anything for a while. She was pretty watchable. She does. Um, I mean, she does enough. Uh, I would imagine like rom commy kind of bits and bobs and all the others. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's uh, it's it. I think you know. It's gonna be the the it's gonna be the people now queuing up wanting so very much to be in the you know knives out franchise, even yeah. though he hates that it's a knives out franchise now. Um I don't think he'd like the subtitle knives out glass onion, which I well, get glass onion is fine. Yeah, but then yeah, a knives out mystery. It's like no, yeah. no it's but it's difficult, isn't it? Because he's not yeah. it's almost a Benoit Blanc mystery, really. Precisely, yeah, That's yeah. What it actually is. Um, but yeah, I know that that role is having huge amounts so of much fun. fun. Yeah, and um, I love that everybody hates the accent, and I'm like, do you not get that? That's the whole fucking point. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the stereotypical Southern draw. Wow, my, my. Well, <laughs> I can't even do it, but you know, um, it's that. Well, I say, I say, I say, the foghorn leghorn. That's it. That's it, isn't it? Um, I've been but... poisoned by my constituents. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Answers on the postcard if you can get that reference. Janelle yeah. um... <laughs> Monet is the only other one I'd like to mention because she, in that, I think is really, really good. Playing yeah, playing the duality. Role, yeah, I yeah. think is wicked. And she's someone who's just come out of nowhere for me. I, I first heard of her. Actually, there was a ki a song that she did on um, ugh, Sesame Street. She did a song on an episode of Sesame Street called The Power of Yet. And my kids used to love it when they were kids. And that is where I first heard her name. So I thought she was a singer. And it was like, I watched Glass Onion and was like, oh, I recognize that person. There's so many singers, actors, oh all that. 
whole kind of thing now. So yeah, no, it is as an actress. You know, sometimes it doesn't translate, and I was like, oh no, you're you're really fucking good. Yeah, it's uh, it's like again, uh, we I think we said last year about our love of uh, of Aquafina. Um, again, another uh, I'm going to say artist because she is an artist of you know TV, you know screen and music and stuff like that, and. Yeah, there's there's a lot more of them that uh, you know. Again, the the love that we have for Donald Glover, a great musician, a great actor, a great writer, and so you know, there's a lot of these people. Um, again, you know, having recently uh, seen for our again our love of Mythic Quest, uh, Ashley Birch, who is you know Rachel in the series, who's one of the writers, um, is now gone on and got a, a spin-off series of Mythic Quest, hmm. and. I'm really happy that again she's somebody who is a, a full-on geek. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's a producer. She's also a D and D fan who appears in Critical Role and stuff. So I'm really happy to see so so many of these people now in the different <laughs> classes because their creative juices get flowing, and that's the you know there's only goodness that can come from that. I'd just like to apologise for any coughing here and there. I, I've got a bit of a sore throat, so I apologise if it sounds a bit COVIDy everyone now and also why we're keeping distance today (laughs) one more honorable mention but i'm worried it might be your number one so i'm gonna pass oh no go ahead no please do go ahead well because i haven't even mentioned any of my top three yet sure (laughs) but that's it just means that you get to talk a lot about your top three okay well the other honorable mention just as a film that just spoke to me and i stayed with me for a while afterwards uh is three thousand years of longing god damn it (laughs) there we go everybody my top three and it's not even in your top three three. we're not even in your top three but no there's two here that like one i know why it isn't in your top three one isn't in your top three because you haven't seen it uh the other one i can understand why it's not in your top three okay but um yeah Three thousand years of longing. I, I mean, the reviews. A lot of reviews are very, very mixed. Um, and it is a bit of a puzzle for me. Um, because I don't understand whether it's they've got a problem with the performances, whether they've got a problem with the story, um, whether they've got a problem with the direction. I thought all three were fantastic. I mean, uh, all right. I'd say it's it's not a. You know, it's not a fast-paced, high-stakes action thriller. It's it's very much a character piece. It's it's it sits back and lets it. You know, just goes no. You let me breathe. You let me tell my story. But yeah, it it lived with me, and I think if a film does that, it deserves it deserves credit. I love you know I love Tilda Swinton. Who can't love Tilda Swinton? She it's is great. just such an incredible actress and has been for absolutely decades now and when she pulls out this quirky british you know uh, you know middle-aged woman and stuff like that yeah i totally believe it you get edris elba as a goddamn gin and just fascinating because he can command a presence but he again has that range of emotion where you can see some anger in him but you can see that pain and that pity in him all that range then the wonderful visuals again i think people forget like there's you know some some films can be subtle you don't have to have it all uh, you know you can have a small smoke fade into a scene because guess what that looks best 
yeah, especially in this kind of so George Miller, who who is always I think been such a visual guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he loves the visual aspects of it. Um, you know, I mean, he did what uh, Fury Road before this, probably. I would, which expect. is why I was a bit surprised. Like, you know, people weird. fawned all over that, which I yeah. didn't really care for much. I see. I thought it was incredible, but that was me and practical effects because yeah. they built all of those ridiculous cars for real. Yeah, so they I, could it was the story. I just again, the, the the story didn't engage me with that. Whereas yeah. the story with this totally engaged me. And again, this is yeah. what I find as I get older. I'm not bothered by all necessarily the flashy, you know, fancy pantsy stuff. It's a good story, which is what the Critical Role guys have sucked me into. Uh, Google Critical Role for if if you're curious at all what the hell I'm talking about. Um, But that's what sucked me in. Good story. And this had a good story. Like, start to end, I was enthralled. And that's, you know. And like you say, for a couple of hour film that's not pacey. It's not heavy. Uh, it's not know, heavy either. Like you say, I was still captivated by it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. My top three, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> All in vulnerable mentions. So, cheating a little bit, I've actually got two for number three. Um, my number threes would be Top Gun Maverick and The Batman. Thoughts? Uh, well, as we've kind of said, I mean, the Batman for me um, is okay. I, that, um, oh, I, I didn't. Batman I've seen since the Dark Knight stuff. I don't mind Patterson. Uh, I, I, I've got no qualms about him. Um, I don't like Zoe Kravitz. Don't really rate her as an actress. I've said this before, um, it, which is fine, you know, but unfortunately she's a big part of the film. Um, Colin Fallon. Colin Farrell, my apologies, was okay, but again, didn't. I loved him. Captivate me enough. It uh, if there's more to the because again, DC Studios, you know, since we last spoke mm-hmm. on Pod, uh, the ground has fallen under them. Everything that was is now gone. Uh, we've now got James Gunn at the helm, so we. I don't really know where it's going. I do have some hope for them, but at the same time, it's. I think we've had this discussion about characters of DC in general are a little bit harder, I find, than say Marvel characters. Um, but I have the utmost faith in jo- in uh, in James Gunn to to deliver, and I think if he picks the right couple of properties, it could reinvigorate the DC universe. But Henry Cavill won't be sitting around a Superman anyway. We know that. Oh, bless him. Which is funny because didn't The Rock just promise that he was going to do it? Oh, Dwayne, what did you do? Shows The Rock hasn't got limitless power then. Um, no, again, I think his pull is beginning to wane, if I'm being honest. Top Gun Maverick is there. It's almost an antithesis to 3,000 Years of Longing. It is the ridiculous, acting, <laughs> yes. tasty nonsense. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. It was everything I wanted it to be and so much more. And I, I, again, pin some of this down to practical effects because every single shot inside a plane in that film is real. Even the beginning, when he takes off in an experimental ship, he flies over Ed Harris's head and a building that Ed Harris has stood next to, the roof of it, pops up. 
that actually happened in that shot and they just just decided to keep it in there because the downdraft from the plane taking off was enough to literally pop the roof off this building it was only a little sort of cabin thing but when you're doing shit like that i just i'm i'm on board i'm there with you because everything looks real it looks like i could touch it when you see them pulling you know supposedly pulling 8g flying straight up in the air well yeah miles teller was sat behind a fighter pilot actually pulling that g in a plane and you can see it because his face is distorting as it would through the pull of zero you know of gravity at that pace and and i just think if you're going to do that i'm on board i'm on board i'm with you because you you I mean exactly what i want it's uh you know it, it don't get me wrong like uh, you know there's still you know uh, as an individual uh Tom Cruise is still a polarizing figure but what yeah. i can wholeheartedly say is that that man embodies what it is uh to be uh hollywood action i'm trying to think yeah, action hero action there aren't that you they don't make them like him anymore is yeah, the best no. way i could say that no, no, he not. is one of a kind to put himself through the shit that he does throwing himself off of buildings off of rooftops driving off of this that and the other he is he's he's a polarizing figure but my god what he does he does for his audience because if he feels that it's going to do the right thing to get the best quality picture up there, then he'll do it. And I can't fault the man for that. <laughs> he's he's a bonkers, bonkers individual. But fuck me, can can he sell a film? You know what I mean? Well, that's it. You, you look at the latest Mission Impossible trailer. He drives yep. a, a dirt bike off a cliff with a parachute on his back. He he actually fucking did that. Mm -hmm. uh he, he's there's so much running in the trailer the man's 60 years old th th last mm -hmm. year he turned mm -hmm. 60 fucking mm -hmm. hell what's he yeah, doing I, I mean you know you you see some people who are about who are like you know in their 30s or 40s that don't look half as good as he is don't get me wrong he's had a shit ton of work done but <laughs> like you say jesus christ like the the man I don't know. I don't know how the fuck he does it. I don't know how he does it. Twenty years younger than the bastard, and I couldn't run a quarter of the distances he yeah. runs for real in his films. Yeah, and I he wants to go into space and do all this shit. Onto the side of a fucking plane yeah. and taking off. I'm not doing that shit. Yeah, and he, he wants he wants to do it in fucking space as well because he's yeah. a nut job. But yeah. fair fair credit to him. He's like, oh, if everybody, if I'm gonna go, I'm I'm gonna go recognize as like the greatest yeah. fucking action hero. Of movies of all time, and man, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got like you say, he's may not be the most likable bloke, and he's got some questionable religious beliefs, but I, I've got respect for him. I've got respect for him because of the, like you say, the amount that he puts of himself into what he does. So, my next one, number two, again, I this wouldn't have appeared on yours because I doubt you've even seen it, but my number two would be. Jordan Peele's Nope. No, oddly enough, this was no. not one on my... Uh, as we know, horror is not my kettle it's, of fish. It's not your so. thing. I'm a big fan of Jordan Peele. I've loved pretty much everything he's done so far. I've even started going back when I first discovered things like Get Out and Us. I didn't realise that he'd done uh, the sort of comedy show with um, oh, yeah. Michael... What's his name? My it's Michael Keaton. Ke Keenan Peele. 
Yeah, exactly. Keenan Peel, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't. Oh yeah, those guys. Peel in that. Oh, so me. That stuff as well, and that's fucking hilarious. What? Hang on, wait. You don't you don't remember them from <laughs> Toy Story? Uh, I didn't realize that was them at the time. Oh, okay. I know now, yes, that they're Ducky and okay. Whirling, but I didn't realize that at the time. I just thought oh, it okay. was a, 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 you know. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd seen him in a lot of comedy. I thought they were a black double act. I didn't know exactly who they were at the time because I hadn't heard of Key and Peel. Um, but yeah, that, uh, no, wow. Um, for me, it, it's the best horror I saw this year, easily. Um, admittedly, there are some that have been very well reviewed that I haven't gotten around to watching yet. Uh, things like Barbarian was very well reviewed. X was very well reviewed. Um, but I, I haven't got around to those. So certainly Nope takes the cake for me uh, for this year in that particular genre. It was it was incredible. And it the scariest shit was not the shit that was supposed to scare me either. That was the thing that got me the most. There's a sequence very early on that's sort of a a misdirection and it scared the living shit out of me until I realised that actually that was misdirection and it wasn't real. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, God. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, from, from what I understand, that's, you know, he's now, you know, very much the last couple of horror films that he's done, that element of misdirection. Um, he's, he's certainly gained... Uh, a lot of notoriety for it and again for those that enjoy uh that stuff then pff, good for you not my not my kettle of, you know not my cup of tea uh but if it's for you it's for you and good that somebody's out there making good quality films for that mm. particular genre and because it's again it's it's well. uh, yeah that that's Daniel it it's Peter. uh yeah oh what's the co-star's name uh, i'm gonna be really annoyed phil while i look up her name I'm not going to forget another actor or actress's name without looking it up. But... Well, as long as you don't butcher the pronunciation, which I I believe we often do. Oh yeah, we probably usually do. Kiki Palmer, that's her name. Kiki Palmer. Okay, yeah, you can't butcher that I think one. That's too right. Much. It's K E K E, so it's got to be Kiki. <laughs> yeah. Now you're questioning whether that's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Uh... Uh, uh, Michael Wincott's in it as well, which made me laugh because he's. Oh, Christ, I know him from really old. Um, what's he called? The Crow. He's the main bad guy in The Crow. All those years ago. Nice Top, outfit. What's his name? Not sure Can't about remember. the face though. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that that was fantastic. Number one for me, and I only watched it last night, and I'm probably going to watch it again as soon as I get an opportunity to do so. Yeah. Everything, everywhere all at once mm -hmm. it is the multiverse yeah. film that everyone should have watched this year yeah uh, i feel i feel bad that again we we briefly discussed uh yesterday and while you watched that i i yeah i, I binged a bit of critical role uh but it it's Fine. one which i started uh on a rough evening fell asleep never actually got around to re-watching it now now i feel like i've done myself a disservice so give me, give me the love, give me the love, and and make me appreciate what I've missed. So the first twenty minutes are incredibly misleading because you're like, what? Why is everyone raving about this? This is just the story of, uh, you know, a, a Chinese family who own a laundromat. And uh, this, I don't get it. And then suddenly, there's there's a bit that happens in the background when you first see the whole multiverse thing take shape. It happens in the background on security cameras while you're watching a foreground discussion. And if you don't, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. 
But it makes you go, what the fuck is he doing? And that's it. From that moment, when I saw that shit on the security camera behind the main, uh, Michelle Riella and her daughter are talking, and the dad in the background on the security camera is doing something totally out of character. And you're like, what? Why is he doing that? That's fucking weird. And then it happens again a bit later on. It's honestly, mate, it, it moved me a lot. Um, I won't go too much into things, but uh, trigger warning. I'm now going to discuss depression. So I have been struggling this year with what I what I considered, which isn't correct, but I considered a realization of going nothing matters. There's no point to any of this. This is this is life in general. I don't understand why anymore. This film, this film, I feel touches on that. I feel it. it it's about that. It's about it's about depression. It's because the daughter essentially realizes that there's she comes to a realization of nothing mattering because she can see the entire multiverse. She can see everything that her life could have been at any point across the multiverse. And and it's led her to believe that it's pointless. So she's created a black hole and she just wants to go and step into the black hole and drag everything in with her so that it all just ceases to exist. And that that's kind of what the film's about, but it's not. It, it you know it is a massively layered film with so much on the surface yes it's about a family who are going to do their tax return for their laundromat that's what it is on the surface and jamie lee curtis has an amazing turn as um the tax lady from the uh, in the revenue or whatever it's called in the states it is irs isn't it but i can't think of what it stands for um, internal revenue service i think oh, there you go so um that's what it is on the surface but Honestly, some of like you think of how how Doctor Strange played with the multiverse, right? And really, they only played with it a little bit when they jumped from one universe to the other and they sort of go through a few different universes. Like there's one where they turn into paint, I remember well, and stuff. This there's a universe where through divergent evolution humans ended up having hot dogs for fingers and it is the most fucking hilarious thing honestly there are moments in this film where you're awed in one instant there's a some fight sequences that are amazing but there's there's one where he uses someone uses a fanny pack or a bum bag for british listeners as a weapon throughout an entire fight it's fantastic then the next fight someone uses a couple of items and i won't say what they are because it spoils the surprise but there's a couple of very obscure items that you wouldn't expect to be used as weapons in a fight sequence and i was laughing the entire way through that sequence because it's an incredibly choreographed sequence but the ridiculousness of what they're using as a weapon just takes it to a whole new level there's a universe that they go to where they're rocks. Life never existed on Earth. Life never became. So they're rocks. And the the conversation that they have as rocks made me fucking piss myself. 
it, but at the same time was saying something very profound. And it, it, that is the line that this film walks. And I think it walks it incredibly well. It is touching. It's heart wrenching. It, I, I identified with the sort of, yeah, the, 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 why does any of this matter side of it? And then it's about, like, cause that's the daughter's point of view. And then it's about the mum realizing that that's her daughter's point of view and the daughter trying to convince her mum, look, I'm right. There is nothing. And the daughter even says at one point, I, shit, I really hoped that you were going to show me I was wrong. And actually you just, you agree with me. But then the mum has a discussion with the daughter and, and pulls her back from the edge and and makes her see what she's missing and i honestly it's about so much it is about so much it's so good i i can't believe i hadn't watched it and i really really should have done like i say everyone should have not seen multiverse of madness last year and should have gone and seen this it does a better job of explaining multiverses a simpler way of explaining <laughs> Same principle, you know divergent mm -hmm. paths every choice you make but it does such a better job of explaining it and then you can you can um universe hop and go and borrow skills from other versions of yourselves but you have to do something that is statistically probably uh, the statistical probability of is incredibly low because it's not what's expected and if you can do something that's totally unexpected within your universe, that's how you sort of catapult yourself into a different universe to borrow a skill from your other self. And I know all that sounds really bizarre, but they do such a good job of explaining it that it makes perfect sense. And it, it, but it, it means that you get some ridiculous things. He's there's a guy in the middle of a fight and he needs to know martial arts skills, but to jump to a version of himself that knows martial arts, he's got to give himself four paper cuts in between his fingers on his right hand. Because that is the the statistical probability of him doing that in that universe at that moment is like 0.01%. So that's the thing that he has to do. So he has to try and give himself paper cuts on the join at the bottom of each of his fingers. And that sequence where he's doing that, you just go, oh god! Yeah, I'm oh, looking away. Oh. I can't stand up by a goddamn fucking page. Oh, that's like, horrible! I do, I do it like a thousand fucking times a year, and I just look at my hand and I'm like, how have I done that? And I'm just like, just yeah, I don't even touch that much paper. How have I got a paper cut? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what more I can say. I, it, mm. it is incredible, and I'm going to watch it again. And I, I think everyone should watch it if they haven't. It, it's so, so good and get past the first 20 minutes because it isn't the film that you think it is it yeah is no it's uh it it is it is on it is on the watch, watch list uh and you know i know we'd we'd had a conversation about things uh recently and uh i'd said a couple of things to you which you know i, tr I tried to uh do, do my you know good old wise wisdom what was it i said to you oh yeah we we go you know people don't go th through uh bad times you know for for no reason you know that's why coal after pressure and time becomes a diamond and that's what can happen with a person yeah exactly 
There you go. Yeah, it's it, it, it. Words of wisdom from Fluff. There you go. So yeah, that that's yeah. I'm gutted that I hadn't I haven't watched it earlier in the year because I think it, it. I wish I'd have watched it earlier because, like, say, it, it seemed particularly relevant to me that the year I've had, and I I wish I'd watched it earlier in the year. I really do. Well, you've watched it now, and that's the main exactly. thing, my friend. The only thing I'd like to say in conclusion to on films is if anyone has seen the film Men from this last year by Alex Garland, could you please comment or send us an email or something and tell me what the fuck I watched? I would really appreciate it. Because <laughs> my God, I was baffled. Yeah, I think you mentioned that off pod and uh yeah it wasn't one of what it wasn't a film I was gonna watch anyway. And you talked about it and went it no, a no, proper no, horror and a proper nasty horror. A proper body you know, a proper old-fashioned body horror, almost a Cronenberg type from back in the day, um, and yeah, what, what the fuck? I'm not sure. So yeah, if anyone could let me know what the hell I watched, I would really appreciate it. But other than that, I don't think I've got much more to say. No, uh, you know, I'm hoping that 2023 will be a slightly better film year for me. Um, I feel like it shall be. Um, yeah, I feel like we've got some. Um... Be a bit better this year. Obviously, we're not discussing yeah. a huge amount of that because we're no. going to do that next episode and sure. sort of round up the Marvel stuff we haven't discussed. Look back at this year in Marvel. You know, Phase Four. Perhaps look forward to Phases Five and Six and think about what they might be showing us. Well, in the next week, in terms of TV for myself, at the very least, I have Season Two of The Legend of Vox Machina cannot wait but on that same day because we know i'm a sucker for nostalgia and all that shit yep that 90s show will appear on netflix finally <laughs> <laughs> so you know you'll you'll hear me talking about that in a good or a bad way i will be vocal about it one way or other um i, I will promise you that um nothing less yeah vocal yeah i mean i love that show so much uh you know the Smoking Circle particularly is a something that probably I'd reminisce about more than more things on that show because I definitely think that's more real life than I realise. Um <laughs> so yeah, so there's yeah, but honestly plenty of good stuff coming up and uh, hopefully a D and D night upon us too. Oh yes, yes, that's next week, isn't it? So yes, we'll uh, that gives us a reason to get through to Friday. Indeed, indeed, Even indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and those of a non-binary disposition, we are finished for now. So it's been a, a shorter one than usual, but hey, at least it's been an episode. It, it, it builds you back into us, because let's face it, two, like two full hours of us might be a bit too much coming it back. Might it might be. I wouldn't want to listen to two hours of us, to be quite honest. So no, I mean, people, I'm, people I'm, in general don't want to listen to me ever. So I'm no, surprised no. people tune in for this stuff. Like people at work look at me on a daily basis and I'm like, if they could kill me or punch me, they probably would. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What the hell do you mean you know? What do you mean you know? Well, yeah, you many know? people have told me why I bother bringing you on this, and you know, maybe I should find a different co-host. But I love you too much, and I like your opinions, so I'll keep you on. Love I'm kidding, much. obviously. No one's ever said that. <laughs> they like the dynamic for some reason. So we'll keep it that way. Well, for now, I shall say that I've been bad. I have been Fluff. And this was your first of 2023 episode of Screen Masters. <laughs>